Hey guys, welcome to season three, episode five of Business Shit. I'm your girl, Mimi G, and today's topic is take a breath and don't pass out. <laughs> okay, I see a little sound effects. I see, I see. Okay, so listen, guys, today I'm going to be talking about the first time that I had to speak in public um, and then how I later found out that I have a gift for speaking. Um, but it was something that I never, ever thought I would I would have to do. And it's actually something that a listener asked me to talk about. So, you know, when you are sort of an entrepreneur and you work in the content sort of industry or in teaching or in creating courses, et cetera, um, you might find a point in time when you're going to have to either teach in public to a group or speak in public. Um, or maybe you have aspirations of being a motivational speaker or, you know, of teaching large groups or whatever it is. And so a lot of people find that terrifying. I found it terrifying. And so I thought today that I would share a couple of stories with you about my journey in speaking and in teaching publicly, and then also to give you some tips that um, I have used over the years to help me become a really great speaker. And I think that they will absolutely help you. So I thought I was going to, I thought I would try and start with um, the, the story of when I first had to speak, which sort of accidentally. Uh, happened by accident because I, I really hadn't thought about it. But um, something that most people don't know about me is that I'm actually uh, an introvert. I'm I'm pretty shy. Now, over the years, I think I've become an ambivert, so I can sort of play in both. But when I first started doing this, the thought of speaking or even being around people just made me very nervous. Like even now, if my husband and I go somewhere and, and it's a group of people like, you know, a party or an event or something like that. And I don't know people. I am always the person like in the corner, like not talking to nobody, like <laughs> unless somebody like recognizes me and comes and talks to me. I'm generally like, not that great in social settings. And I've always been that way. But, you know, when I started the blog and then became Mimi G, that sort of like forced me to be more um, sort of open and more social in these environments. And so I've gotten used to it over the years, you know, because when I'm out somewhere and somebody will recognize me and they come to talk to me and I can sort of immediately turn off my introvert, shy, sort of scared of social settings person and turn Mimi G on. And I've gotten used to being able to do that. But for my friends, people who know me, they know that I generally am very to myself. I like spending time with myself. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily always work well in groups. <laughs> I work really well independently. And so the thought of being a speaker was like not, ever an idea in my future, especially even when I started the blog, I never thought, oh yeah, this is going to lead me to some speaking career that, that never entered my mind either. But what happened was, is that when I did not the first conference, I'm not going to even call that the first conference because it was like 30 people. We were in a group. It was very like impromptu, no, no real planning was happening. I was like, Hey, I'm going fabric shopping. People were like, Oh, I would fly in from, you know, Florida to go fabric shopping with you. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Um, and then that ended up being pushed and then it turned into like this little, you know, gathering of sorts. And at the end of that day, we went fabric shopping. We had like a little mini class. I did a little intro, a little meet and greet situation. And then at the end of it, 
everybody was like, this is great. What are we doing next year? And I was like, next year, shit. Like, what are y'all talking about next year? Um, but then that turned out to be, you know, my annual conference. And I did six of those and they were amazing. We have over 300 attendees. They sold tickets, sold out, you know, within 24 hours every year. And it was amazing. But the first moment that I realized, oh shit, I got to talk in front of all these people was the second conference. Because the second conference, we went from 25 people in a group to I think the first real conference in the hotel we had, I think like 80 people in, in this room. And I hadn't even really thought about the fact that I was going to be leading <laughs> this event, right? I had just sort of planned what we were going to be doing that day and had like, you know, a presentation that I was going to do on sewing and we were going to do, you know, intros. And then we had lunch planned. It was like a whole day of, of an event. And it didn't actually hit me until the morning that I woke up and the morning that I woke up and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you have to talk in front of these people. And I was terrified when I tell you guys, I was scared. Okay. I think I threw up at least twice that morning. I, I could barely breathe. I couldn't catch my breath. My hands were trembling. I was so nervous about speaking in front of this group of people. And when I, I was in my room, right? So the, the way it normally happens during the conference is everybody gathers, my staff you know, gives out everybody's badges, gets everybody seated, you know, everything sort of gets, the intro thing sort of happens, people mingle. And I'm in my room, probably like hyperventilating. <laughs> like, like I'm in my hotel room, like really nervous, trying to like pump myself up for this. And so I'll get a text message generally from like April to tell me, okay, everybody's seated. They're ready for you. And then I walk down the elevator and then I walk into the room and, you know, hi, darlings. And so I got the text message that we was ready to go. They was ready for me. So I got in the elevator and I'm telling you guys, I had never felt anything like this in my life. Like I felt like my face <laughs> was on fucking fire. <laughs> like I felt like my body was about to explode. I was so nervous. My hands were clammy. I just felt like butterflies to the like 10th degree. And I was like, I don't think I could do this. And I'm walking up to the door and the door opens and I walk in and everybody just erupts in like, clapping and yelling my name. And the minute I walked into that room, everything sort of settled, right? I walked in, I screamed, hi, darlings. And then I was good. The minute I opened my mouth to talk, I'm fine. Now I might have like a little, like, you know, when somebody's nervous and you could tell that they're nervous and they're talking and like for the first couple of minutes, their voice has like this little tremble in it. I might've had a little tremble going on. But once you get into it, you're, you're okay. You know? And so once I got into, once we start talking and, and, and did the whole intros and by the end of the day, I was like, Oh, I got this. Like I'm good. And what's funny to me is, you know, if you've heard me talk about my career in the past, you know, when I worked in film production, you've probably heard me talk about my old boss and I used to travel with him and he used to speak everywhere, like thousands of groups of people he would speak. And he never prepared anything. He never wrote nothing down. <laughs> he didn't review a slide, like nothing. And one day I was like, yo, Steve, how come you don't like prepare like for the speech you're about to give? And he's like, for what? <laughs> 
And I'm like, you know, because you have to speak in front of all these people. And and he looked at me. He was like, well, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, the business that I'm in and I know it. So like I'm just talking. And that sort of always stayed with me. So even now I do very little prep when I'm about to speak because I know the industry that I that I'm speaking about. I mean, I know it like the back of my hand. So I could talk about what I do and how to do it like no problem without having to <laughs> practice or write slides or make a presentation. So that sort of really helped me that day because I was able to walk in and, and just sort of, you know, I had an idea of what we were going to be doing and I just followed that guideline. But that conference was really the first time that I thought, well, you know, if I do this again, you know, I better get used to this whole speaking in front of people. And sure enough, you know, th the third year we went from, you know, to like 200 people and then the fourth year we were like 300 people like you know and then I just cut off the amount because I wanted to be able to interact with everybody that was there and in order to do that uh I needed to make sure that there were no more than you know 300 people in attendance because I literally at the end of every event every year I would stand in line and everybody would line up to either talk with me or take a picture and I would stand there until I took a picture and spoke with everybody that attended which as you can imagine took a really really long time um, and if I had an, a group even larger than that, there's just no way that I could physically and, and mentally and emotionally still do that. So that's the reason that, that I cut it off, but I can imagine had I not cut it off, you know, we would have had, you know, four or five, 600 people in attendance, who knows? And so, you know, speaking after that first time became easier and then I kept doing it for our conferences every year. But here's the thing. I was talking in front of people who knew me, right? <laughs> I was talking in front of people who loved me, who, you know, uh, were, were friends in my head and I was their friend in their head and they followed me and knew all these things about me. And obviously they were fans and followers. And so that sort of made it easy because, you know, you're showing up to speak in a place where everybody sort of adores you and you're like, oh, great. <laughs> this is great. You know, um, I really can't go wrong here. And actually it wasn't until, I guess, what was that 29th, 2018. So 2018, boy, let me tell you, <laughs> I, I got asked, and now mind you, I will say that outside of the conference, I have spoken many, many times at other either craft events or DIY conferences or things related to the industry that I am in, where obviously people know who I am. Well, in 2018, I got asked to speak at this event called Relentless. And the first thing that they told me is that the event would have 2,500 people. Now, up until that date, I think the largest group that I had spoken in front of was, I don't know, maybe, maybe three, 400 people. So I was a little nervous about that to begin with. But, you know, I accepted it because the, the proposition came in from the book Crushing It by Gary Vee, which I'm featured in his book. And so the host of the event, Danny Morrell, had you know, read my story in the book and was like, I have to have her. Like, I have to have her come speak at this conference. And so I was like, okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm in. I, you know, I, I knew that the event was for realtors, right? So it was, it was for the realtor industry and brokers and things like that. So 
I, you know, I, I sort of knew people weren't, weren't necessarily going to know me. There were a lot of people that a handful of people that did know me from the book. They had read my story in the book, but I didn't really think about any of that. Right. Then the next thing that happened was that then Danny asked me that <laughs> I said, well, what do you want me to talk about? You know, Danny, cause this is like a real estate sort of conference about building clientele and changing your mindset and, and motivation and, you know, all kinds of things. Like, what do you want me to talk about? And he said, well, I don't want you to talk about business. I want you to talk about your story. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and you know, I had shared part of that story in the book. So if you haven't read crushing it uh, by Gary V, my, you know, a part of a small part of my story is in that book. And I thought to myself, you know, I've never actually done that. I've never actually had to speak about my story in front of a group of people. And so I was a bit nervous about that. Then I got even more nervous because he said, you know, we're, we're super late into the, into the, you know, it's almost conference uh, time for the conference and all of our speakers are already scheduled. I'm literally like, I'm, I'm moving things around to squeeze you in. Cause I want you to talk. He's like, so you're going to have 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm like, you, okay. You want me to speak in front of 2,500 people. You want me to tell my story, which has a lot of like, not so nice parts in it. And then you want me to do that shit in 30 minutes. Okay, cool, cool. So I agreed to do it obviously. <laughs> um, because you know, and I've talked about this many times before is whenever something scares me, you know, then I really want to do it because that's the only way that I move past fear is to do it anyway. So even though I was afraid and even though I was nervous, I did it anyway. So let me fast forward you to that day. So I arrived the night before me and Norris checked into the hotel and I hadn't thought not even for a minute about what I was going to say, like, like not at all. And we ate <laughs> and I went to bed, probably very nervous because I, I don't usually sleep too well when I'm about to speak the next day. And I woke up the next morning and we were in one of those hotel rooms near Disneyland. And so because we were near there, they have family hotel rooms. I don't know if you've ever been in those, but it's like two bedrooms. And so I went into the other bedroom. I closed the door to that bathroom and I literally walked around in circles in the bathroom saying my story in my head and, and trying to decide one, what I was going to mention. Cause I mean, this fucking story is a long story, right? Now I got 30 minutes. So like what, what about my story do I want to talk about? And I need to time this so that it's 30 minutes. So I literally like walked around the bathroom for like an hour working my story. Like, what am I saying? And how much time did that take me? And then if it took too long, then I need to rework it. I did that literally like a couple hours before we had to head down to the hotel. So, <laughs> you know, this had, this event had heavy hitters, you guys speaking, you know, like the keynote speaker was freaking Alex Rodriguez. You know what I'm saying? And they had the amazing, you know, Ed Milet there, who's like huge, you know, when it comes to like podcasts and, and his books and motivation. I mean, he's he, like, everybody knows him. And Sarah Centrella, who had, you know, written a book on, uh, you know, affirmations and, 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 um, vision boards and all kinds of stuff. It's a fantastic book, by the way. Um, and you know, so, and then there was me <laughs> and then there obviously Danny, you know, who's the host and, you know, everybody there was either, you know, a follower or a client or a realtor or something. And so, the scariest part was 
<laughs> earlier that day, you know, I, I always try and, and go early and I'm going to tell you why later, because it's one of my tips. And I remember sitting in the back of the room, listening to Danny and they're about to break for lunch and I come on after lunch. Okay. So they're about to break for lunch and we're standing in the back <laughs> and Danny's ass says, all right, guys, we're going to break for lunch. But when we get back, we're going to have a great, great day. Who's excited to see Ed Milet? And everybody's like, wow, like super excited, right? And they're like, who's ready to see Alex Rodriguez? And everybody's like, wow. And then he was like, and who's ready for Mimi Goodwin? And everybody was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were like crickets in that damn room, you guys. <laughs> like, If I was nervous before, I was even more nervous now because I realized for the very first time that moment that nobody knew who the fuck I was. And I was about to stand up there and tell my story to a group of people who did not come to see me. Okay. <laughs> they were there for Ed Milet. They were there for Danny Morrell. They were there for Alex Rodriguez, but they certainly were not there for Mimi G who just got thrown into the mix at the last minute. And yo, me and Norris looked at each other and we were like, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> so, you know, to myself in my head, I was like, it's okay, girl. It's okay. They don't know you now, but they about to know you. Okay. They're about to know you. So I would lie if I, if I'd be lying if I didn't say that I was really, really nervous after that. I thought, oh my gosh, like, let me just get up there, get this 30 minutes over with and let me get the hell up out of here. And so we get back from lunch. They have me stand in the front because I'm about to go on. And I can tell you, Norris could probably tell you, this is the most scared I had ever been. Like, I literally kept whispering to him, like, babe, I don't think I can do it. Like, okay, this is how nervous it is, nervous I was, that I feel it right now. As I'm telling you this fucking story, my stomach has like butterflies in it. That's how afraid I was that I could still recall that feeling. My legs were shaking and I was thinking there's no way that I could do this. Now I'm standing in the corner. Okay. And they have, they had the night before they said, Hey, pick a song that you're going to walk up to. So of course I picked Frankie Ruiz salsa music. Cause you know, and I'm standing in that corner looking at Norris and he's like, babe, you're going to be fine. Once you get to talking, you know, you're going to be fine. You do this, like, you know, pumping me up. And I'm like, nah, nah, bro. <laughs> like, like this one time I cannot do this. And before I could have the next thought, Frankie Ruiz started playing. Okay. Blasting out of the damn speakers and they announced my name and I got to start walking, which seemed like the longest freaking walk of my life. I had to walk and then walk upstairs to get onto the stage. If you saw the video of me walking to the stage, I think I was looking at the floor the entire time that I, I'm telling you guys, I was petrified. I walked up the stairs, but the minute I hit that stage and the salsa was playing, I started to dance. Like the first five seconds of me on stage is of me salsa dancing. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm going to post the clip so you guys can see it because the minute I did that and I looked out at the audience of 2,500 people that looked like, oh my God, the music sort of relaxed me. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Just, you know, go. And 
I did my 30 minutes and it was the most amazing talk I have ever done in my life. When I tell you that there was standing ovations, <laughs> people were literally yelling on their feet. Okay. Danny came on stage and he was like, yo, you're amazing. Like that was, that was amazing. And I stood there looking at this group of 2,500 people on their feet, clapping and yelling my name. And I was like, wow, like that was an amazing impact that I just had. And I got off the stage and you know, normally after I'm done speaking, I need to like go, I need to like go breathe. So I was done. I walked to the side, Danny's back on stage. I go to the side and <laughs> Norris is like, let's go get a drink. So we walk downstairs to the bar and I'm sitting at the bar. I order a glass of wine to calm my nerves. I'm super excited. My adrenaline is, you know, it's like on a thousand right now. And a couple of guys start approaching. They're like, yo, that was amazing. Like you were amazing. And I was like, thank you. And then that just sort of kept happening. And then we walked back upstairs because now I want to go back inside. You know, I don't want to be rude for the other speakers. So I came back as I'm going upstairs. There's a step and repeat. And somebody's like, can I take a picture with you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Cause you're not, if you guys have ever stopped me or you've ever been to an event that I'm at and you ask for a picture, you guys know, I always take a picture. I never say no. And even if I look crazy, I still take the picture. And so I took the picture and then before I knew it, there was two more people in line trying to take a picture. And then there was five people and then there was 10 people and then there was 20 people in line trying to take a picture. It got so bad and there were so many people that Danny had to go send somebody out and be like, hey, are you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. But it was disrupting the rest of the conference because there were still speakers coming up. So then they sent over a security guard and had the security guard stay, stay with me the rest of the time because everywhere that I went, people would come to ask me questions or want to take a picture or whatever. And I was looking at Norris like, well, I ain't never had no security. Like... <laughs> They got security standing next to me. And even as I'm sitting there now back in the room, as other speakers are coming, you could see people like trying to, you know, walk up and the security guard would be like, you know, no, no approach, no quite whatever he was saying. And, and then afterwards I couldn't go anywhere without somebody stopping me to tell me about how amazing the story was and how impactful I was. And that I was, you know, at the, even the next day when we went back, you know, people were like, you were the best speaker. And for me, that meant so much to me because one, I had done this in front of a group of people who didn't know me, right? It wasn't like a safe zone where I had been before. Um, it also meant a lot that I was able to impact this large group of both men and women with my story and with my message. And then the fact that I was, you know, in this lineup with, Ed Milet and Alex Rodriguez and all these amazing people. And for people to think that I was the best speaker, like, like it super blew me away. And I was really excited about it. But, you know, all of those experiences sort of lead you to sort of understand um, what it takes to be a speaker. And all of these, you know, things that you need to get adjusted to. So, you know, I thought that I would share some, <laughs> some of the things that have helped me sort of get over my stage fright um, and really just become a really great engaging speaker. So, you know, the first thing that I had to learn to do was to shift my focus. So I needed to redirect my focus from being afraid 
to remembering that I'm trying to add value, right? What is my message? What am I contributing? And then I just focused on that. What am I contributing to whatever it is that I'm about to do and try to avoid as much as possible the fear. Um, the fear is good. Actually, the nervousness is good. And it's one of the tips that I'm going to use. But when you're in the middle of that, when you're about to speak and you feel you know, like you're afraid, you need to reshift your focus because it's the only way to take you from being afraid to, okay, I'm here to contribute this and I can only do as good as I'm going to do. And I can't, I can't change anything before or after that. Right? So that's where your focus needs to be. The second thing is don't start thinking of all the things that can go wrong because a whole lot of shit can go wrong. Okay. Um, I had to speak at another event right after Relentless. I was the keynote speaker at Udemy, which is super like more of a quiet corporate audience. The audience at Relentless was predominantly uh, Latino and they were very sort of engaging, right? They were engaging and they were, you know, um, into your story and they laughed and they, you know, showed expression, but (laughs) the folks at Udemy was a completely different crowd. They were very quiet, very reserved. Um, more like I said, of a corporate sort of feel. And one of the things about being a good speaker is you need to be able to adjust quickly to the audience that you're speaking of. And you know, the audience within the first 30, 40 seconds of you speaking, you know who you're speaking to and you need to be able to, to adjust. And so I did, I adjusted my, my talk. But the funny thing is, you know, I always find somebody to sort of engage with. I look at the audience and that's another tip that I'm going to talk about. But right in front was this older Caucasian man giving me the death stare. (laughs) I'm talking, I'm telling my story. I'm engaged. And this man is burning a fucking hole in my face. I could feel him. And he, I could feel him like, this is about to throw me off because this man is staring at me like he's bored to death. Like he has zero interest in what I am saying right now. And I had to like tune him out because it was going to mess me up. So I just kept with my story and I finished and it was great. And everybody applauded and whatever. I went back to the hotel room and me and Norris talked about, wow, what a big difference in crowd, whatever. I don't know, maybe like... An hour later, I get a message on my LinkedIn and this man says, oh, I just heard you speak. You know, you were amazing. You've changed my life forever. You have no idea how impactful you were, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, that's a really like a really amazing message. You know, thank you so much. I was so honored that you were so impacted by my message. So later that day, we had uh, like a dinner for everybody that was attending you to me. So I went to the dinner and I see this man, right? the death stare man walking towards me. And I'm like, oh crap, (laughs) here comes that man. And he's like, hey, did you get my, uh, thanks for responding to my message. And I was like, that was you? (laughs) I was like, you have no idea how afraid I was of you sitting up there. You were just staring at me with this look on you. I thought you were bored. You're the one who sent that message. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I was just so caught up in what you were saying. And I was like, wow. So I told Norris, you never know. You can never go by people's faces or by their expressions because you have no idea how you're impacting somebody's life. You know what I'm saying? And that 
that sort of made me aware of like, you know what? You'd really need to not be so worried about things that can go wrong because things can and will go wrong. It's just the way things are. Sometimes you just have to focus on the fact that you are there to give something of value. And that's the only thing that you should be, be concerned about. You can't change. Like I said, nothing that's going to happen. You just need to remain calm. So I use like images that, that are calming to me, or I think of something that's calming to help me. Um, the next thing is to tell yourself that you're not afraid. You are excited. Okay. This I got from Mel Robbins because she, you know, she was the most requested speaker or more, most book speaker of 2017 or 18. I don't remember. Um, and she says in one of her books, I'm always afraid. <laughs> I'm always afraid what I'm going to speak. And so what she does is instead, when she starts to feel that nervous feeling, she just tells herself that she's excited. I'm not afraid. I'm excited. And thank God I had read that before because that's what I kept telling myself in my head. I'm not afraid. I'm just excited. I'm not afraid. I'm just excited. And it really does work. Um, so the other thing is practice ways to relax, whether you're like, <laughs> need to do yoga or motivate yourself or read something inspirational or just learn some breathing techniques because those sort of help you to bring your body back to center. Um, and then the, the one that's really important to me is, you know, speak from experience and personal knowledge. That's what makes speaking easy for me because I never try and talk about some shit that I do not know. I always try to talk about personal experiences personal knowledge that I have directly to whatever it is that I'm speaking about or teaching. Um, and then just as important is to not complicate the message. Don't think that because you're about to speak or that you're about to teach that you have to do it in a specific voice or use specific verbiage or have a specific personality. Like really just don't complicate the message. Just speak from your heart, speak about what it is that you know, and speak in your voice, in your personality. The other thing is uh, prepare, but don't over-prepare, right? You want to focus on bullet points of your overall message and not try and remember things. So when I was going through my story in that bathroom, I'm not trying to memorize my story, right? I know my story. I'm not trying to memorize what I'm saying. I'm just trying to remember bullet points of things that I want to hit in my message, because then that'll keep me on track. But here's the biggest thing. When you memorize something, right? If you, let's say you memorized your entire speech and then you're sitting here, you're standing there in front of this crowd and you're giving this, this speech that you've memorized in your head. If something happens, right? If, if there's a disruption in the crowd or I don't know, whatever, anything can happen or your slideshow is not working or anything, it's going to throw you off because you've worked so hard to memorize that when you get back to it, chances are you're probably going to forget what you were saying or where you want to go with this or whatever it is. That's why it's more important for you to be able to just know the bullet points so that you can be like, oh yeah, this is what I want to talk about and just go to that so that when something happens, you can shift gears because the worst thing that you want to do is to be giving a speech or teaching somebody and miss opportunities. If there's a, an opportunity for laughter, take it, stop, work the joke, move back to what it is that you're saying. If there's a moment where you get to engage with somebody in the audience, take that moment, engage. And if you're too busy worrying about what you memorized, you're going to sound like a robot and you're just going to be so focused on that, that you're going to miss moments to really be active with the audience and to, and, and to be able to create 
a memorable experience for them versus them just listening to somebody ramble on some story um, that you've memorized. Let's see, what else did I want to talk about? Um, the other thing is that you want to make connections. Now, the first thing I do when I'm, when I'm speaking somewhere is I find like my people. I look in the front row, front, second row, and I find people who are engaging with me. And so whenever I need to make a point, make a, you know, get a little laughter or whatever, I go to those people because that's where I'm, they're like my, my little lights in the audience. And you'll find those if you're paying attention, but if you're too focused on what you memorized, you're going to miss it. But if you're paying attention to the audience, you'll see those people that are like laughing with you and engaging with you and being very sort of, you know, emphatic with their emotions and their body language. And so that gives you an opportunity to be like, okay, you're engaging with me. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use that energy while I'm up here talking. The other thing is smile, <laughs> smile and greet people. So one of the things I was going to talk about is, you know, if you arrive early, it's the best because that's what I did, right? I arrive early to an event that gives me a little bit of time to sort of meet with the people, shake a couple of hands, smile, get to know some, some people. So that way when I'm standing on that stage, looking at this crowd of people, I don't feel like I'm completely by myself, right? I've made a couple of connections. I've smiled with a couple of people. I know some people's names and that sort of really helps to relax you when you're looking out and you can find those people in the crowd to help sort of keep you, you know, sort of in your zone as you're going through, through whatever it is that you're teaching or speaking about. Um, the other thing is make contact when speaking. Like I said, find focus people in the front row and the two, you know, first two rows, find people where you can focus and sort of, you know, have, have a safe place where if you start to get nervous or you, you, you want to be able to sort of engage with somebody, you have people that you can do it with. Um, and then listen, don't try to be perfect and really just be relatable. That's really the most important part is to be relatable because that's what people really connect to. And I think that's why that group at, at Relentless really connected with me is because I was relatable. I could have been their sister, their mom, their cousins, their girlfriends, their wives. I could have been any of those people, you know? And so because of that, it sort of helps create this bond between you and the audience that you're speaking to. And then use the nervousness. So now when I get nervous, I just know that it's because I really want to do a great job. I really want to do a great job and it's important to you, right? And so if, when something is important to you and you want to do a good job, you tend to get nervous and that is okay. Use the nervousness. Don't let it take over your fear, but, but use it to sort of give you energy, to give you the ability to understand that, you know what? I really care about what it is that I'm doing. I want to, I want to give them a good message. And because of that, I'm a little bit nervous. And so that's okay. Um, the other thing is that, you know, when you're speaking in front of a large group of people, the only thing that you need to concern yourself with is that you're authentic above anything else, right? Because if you're talking about shit that you know, from personal experience, you can't go wrong. Just remember to smile, stay engaged, talk about shit, you know, and enjoy the process, whether it's teaching or speaking about something always try to be yourself a hundred percent of the time. It works for me every time. I promise you that. All right, guys. So, um, actionable to do. I want you guys to make up a story. 
Okay, so if you're going to speak, pretend that you're going to speak publicly. I want you to type it up, then practice saying that story in your voice. Don't memorize it, but see if you can remember bullet points and then say the story in your own voice. Don't get all robotic. And then once you do that, do it in front of your friends and your family. If you're teaching something, do the same thing. This is the only way that you're going to get good at doing this is by practicing. Practice in front of a mirror. Practice in front of friends. Tell a story. See how many reactions you can get. See how many times you can switch it up and still make it engaging. All right, guys, listen. I have one question today that I am going to answer because I know that I haven't been answering questions, but I have a whole list of them. So I'm going to get back to talk your shit. Now, you guys know that I have an email segment. You can email me at businessshit at gmail.com where I will answer, try to answer your questions as best as I possibly can. I get a lot of questions, so I'm sort of sifting through all of them. But this one came in. It says, hi, Mimi. I have watched your YouTube channel for a very long time and have listened to your podcast and absolutely love it. I'm trying to get my blog off the ground and make it my career, but it's really hard. Since I work at a doctor's office from eight to five, and I come home extremely exhausted by the end of the day. What tips do you have on making time to build your business even when you're plum tuckered out? Because some days I can come home and go right to bed. And I can't always do that if I want to build my business. I'm going to keep this really short. And I don't mean, and I don't want to sound like an asshole. Well, you guys know that this all comes from love. But yo, that's just, <laughs> listen. Every day that I went to work at my sometimes 16 hour, jo hour job and I went home, I worked on what I wanted to do on my dream. If you want to live your dream, if you want to have your own business, you need to come home from work and you need to work on your business. Even if you're tired, like in my head, that's not even a, an excuse. You're tired. Take a nap. <laughs> come home, take a short nap and then work on your business, work on your dream. Those are just simply not excuses anymore because the people who do this, the people who build businesses, who become entrepreneurs are doing it regardless of them being tired, regardless of how many kids they have, regardless of, of whatever the circumstance is. I've been through all the circumstances. You have to be able to do it anyway, but here's the thing. You need to reframe your train of thought. When you leave work, don't the, your, your, your frame of mind shouldn't be, oh, I'm so fucking tired. Now I got to go home and I'm just too tired to do anything. I'm going to go to sleep. No, you need to reframe your thinking so that when you see that it's almost five o'clock and you're about to clock out, you need to get excited. You need to tell yourself, I'm about to get off this, this, you know, nine to five job. I'm going to go home and I'm going to work on my business, on my dream, because all that time and energy that you're giving during your nine to five job, you're working and building somebody else's fucking dream. You're working this hard for somebody else's dream. And then you're going to get home and be like, I'm too tired to work on my own fucking dream. Come on, y'all. Really? Like reframe how you're thinking about this. If you, if you're tired, come home, take a nap. That's what I used to do. I used to take a nap, an hour, hour and a half nap. I used to get up and then I would work till later into the night when I like, however I had to do it weekends, I worked. So it's really just about changing the way that you think about things. So when you leave your job, don't think, oh, I'm so damn tired. Now I have to go home. No think I'm so glad that I'm done with this job so I can go home and work on my shit 
on my dream so I could give all this energy that I gave somebody else from nine to five for their fucking business to give to myself for my business. Really, it's just about the way that you choose to think about it. And, and whether you're successful or not really just depends on how much you're going to do regardless of how tired you are. All right, guys, you know, I have a Facebook group if you want to join it. Um, it's linked in the, in the description of the podcast episode in the show notes that you guys can join. It's a group of people who are entrepreneurs or looking to do amazing things. And it's just a really great place for you to meet, uh, like-minded people. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at business shit and at Mimi G style. And thank you so much for listening. And please remember that in order for your business to succeed, it has to be the shit. It needs to solve a problem, help them get past their current stage, earn respect and build trust. I'm out.